Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conversation Piece with Patrick Armstrong. I am the titular Patrick, and this is a show where we talk about the missing pieces of the conversations we're already having. Shout out to all our returning listeners and a high five and hello to everyone joining us for the very first time. Thank you so much. This episode is coming out our 1st of July, and our first of the month episodes are usually solos. Last month, it was the Backyard Series. This month, it's also the Backyard Series, but I am back inside. So we we are operating from that mode. In this episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's uh, what we talked about and the guests that we had on here in June. I'm going to talk a little bit more about Joyride, just sharing a couple thoughts and really diving into adoptee as an identity and not just a plot device. And I'm also going to talk a little bit about what's coming up in July. We've got some great guests and some really fun announcements that are coming up. So make sure you stick around to the end of the episode to check out all that information. And I guess in between uh, or before I make those announcements, I'm also going to talk a little bit more about my trip to Korea, which as of this release, I am currently in, I think. Not 100% sure, but we're going to go ahead and say that I'm there. So let's go ahead and dive right into the show. In June, we had three amazing guests, three amazing conversations. And I hope if you haven't had a chance to check them out, that you go ahead and do so. You can do so on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe. If you subscribe to our newsletter, you'll get information on all of our episodes every Monday right to your inbox. So you'll be the first person to know about new episodes, old episodes, and any fun stuff that we have coming up as well. But in June, we had Paul Lapito a LinkedIn friend that I connected with a long time ago and have been following for a few years now uh, as I do my journey over there. And we talked a little bit about understanding oppression or correctly, I guess, understanding oppression and about the gross misunderstanding of oppression that a lot of white folks carry. So make sure you go check out that episode. It was a really fun conversation. Next, we had Grace Foster on, fellow Korean adoptee and former foster youth who came on to talk about creating opportunities for our communities and how we create visibility for those communities, specifically for folks outside of our community. How are you going about creating visibility for us? So make sure you check that episode out. That was a really fun conversation too. Grace has a lot of really cool stuff that she's working on right now, specifically the inclusion initiative. So if you're interested in learning more about some of those opportunities, make sure you go sign up for those updates on her website. And you can find that link here in the show notes. And then last but not least, the conversation is most fresh on my mind. Our most recent episode in June was with Isha Patuk, who is a podcaster, who is a consultant, and who does a lot of different things. And we talked about the power of specificity. We talked about why that is important in being able to name what it is that you do, be able to name the things that you work for or that you advocate for. We talked about all of that and more in that episode. Isha invited me as well to guest on her podcast, Turn Off the Ringer. And I don't know when that episode's coming out, but make sure you stay tuned and subscribe to her show to be able to check that out when we have that conversation. Um, That was really fun as well. Isha is incredible. We connected on Instagram and just really hit it off. There was a lot of alignment in terms of the conversations that we wanted to have, the kinds of things that we wanted to address that might be missing from those conversations, just like we do here on the show. So really enjoyed all those conversations. The biggest things that I took away um, would be just how different all of our lived experiences are and how different our understanding of those things are. And what I really liked about each one of these guests that I had on, Paul, Grace, and Isha, was 
each person's commitment to wanting to better understand other communities and the communities that they don't hail from, but they know that they intersect with. And I feel like that's something that I want to do more of and be mindful of are the other communities that I don't know enough about. And that's one of the things that I love about this show is being able to have those conversations and being able to find myself going through that process of learning, of unlearning, and of becoming that better ally, that better advocate, that better person, better human being. So make sure you go check out all of those incredible conversations. You can watch them all on YouTube. You can get them all wherever your podcasts are. And you can find all of that wrapped up really nicely in our brand new website. That's right. That's something else that happened in June. We launched a website through PodPage. You'll see that linked in the show note, but that's conversationpiecepod.com. It made it super easy to create this website. Everything is there, um, whether it's videos, whether it's reviews, whether it's the podcast specifically, all sorts of incredible stuff right there, the one-stop shop for everything. And uh, yeah, I just really appreciate it if you could go check that out. Uh, and if you've been liking what you hear from the show, would also appreciate if you leave us a rating or a review. Those are always greatly appreciated, and they help us do the things that we want to do here at Conversation Piece. So new stuff on the horizon at all times with the show, feeling very privileged and honored and lucky and excited about everything that we've been doing. Can't wait to share what's coming in July, and that'll be just in a little bit. So make sure you stick around. But I want to pivot a little bit to this particular topic this week. Um, something I've been talking a lot about online. If you follow me on Instagram at Patrick in the World, or if you follow me on LinkedIn, also Patrick in the World. Um, been talking a lot about the movie Joyride, which is coming out on July 7th, not too long after this episode drops, and specifically talking about adoptee as an identity. And so I think I talked about this a little bit on the previous Backyard episode, but essentially what I'm trying to get at when I talk about the adoptee identity is to first establish that adoptee as an identity is not seen that way. You can look at or almost every portrayal in media, particularly those things created by non-adopted folks, and you can see how being adopted is treated it, being adopted is treated as a storyline or a plot device and not necessarily seen as something that affects us or affects the adoptee in whatever given case every day and i get that as entertainment and tv shows and movies and books whatever it might be that you can't really capture all that nuance or all that goes in all the context that goes into that experience in 30 minutes in 60 minutes in five pages whatever it might be it's tif it's it's difficult and it's not just for adoptees that's for anyone however we're already starting way behind the starting line when it comes to this race of what is the appropriate way to represent who an adoptee is, what that experience is like in entertainment, in media, and all of the things that we have to do to try and make up that ground that we currently are behind on. And so that's not through any fault of our own. This is just the way that adoption has been portrayed and talked about for a really long time. And that's a product of the transnational adoption industrial complex, something that 
Dr. Kim McKee, a fellow Korean adoptee, has named in her book, Disrupting Kinship. And it's something, a framework that really influences and informs my view of the wider system of adoption, how it's rooted in white supremacy and colonization and imperialism, how it warps the idea of what it means to be adopted because it is skewed through the lens of adoptive parents and adoption agencies, something that I talk about a lot. And through this framework that I see or have seen how adoptee and being adopted is not treated as consequential to who we are as people. And so with movies like Joyride, and for anybody who don't, or anyone who doesn't know, Joyride is a film by Adele Lim. It is about four Asian women who go on a trip to China and involved in that is a birth search because the lead character in this particular movie is an adoptee played by Ashley Park. And so it's, it's just really interesting, I think. And you can go back and look at um, some of the posts that I've done about it. Go look at some of the other adoptees who have talked about the film itself, having seen it or have not seen it. Personally, I've not seen it yet. So obviously you have to take anything that I say with that grain of salt. But at the end of the day, it from everything that I've read, everything that I've been privy to from a marketing standpoint, and then some of the behind-the-scenes machinations of trying to be able to see this film, it just has not felt like it was going to, one, be a good representation of an adoptee story, and not the adoptee story, because there is no one adoptee story, just as there is no one story for being Asian American. No identity has just one experience that encapsulates what it means to be or inhabit that one identity. And this particular film did not seem to feel mindful of that experience. And from everything that I've gathered and been told and been and have read, there was not or did not seem to be much effort put into not only consulting or going out and trying to find adoptee talent or have adoptees talk in the production meetings within the filmmaking process and the writers rooms like inhabiting important spaces to be able to tell this story and help guide this story and make it mindful of as much of the adoptee experience as it could be. It also just felt like when I spoke with other adoptees who tried to see the movie, it just felt like there was this barrier to entry. And now I know adoptees have had an opportunity to go see some pre-screenings. Dr. McKee was one of those folks who was able to go see it. And as of the day that I'm recording this, she actually just dropped an Instagram post with a few of her thoughts on the film. You all should go check that out at Adoptee Killjoy on Instagram. I thought it was really insightful, um, just a little bit that she shared from her perspective. And I think that that's what that's the frustrating part. And so I guess... I feel like I'm kind of all over the place with this, but I guess something that I will share that another adoptee commented on one of my posts is that there is no way, they said that there's no way that one single adoptee, whether they were talent, whether they in the writer's room, whether they were in the production offices, would have been able to significantly influence the film and the way the story was told. I agree. I agree that one person probably isn't going to make that op- or make that happen. However, I would also argue and challenge that by having none of us in those spaces, we are again 
allowing folks who do not carry that lived experience to author our stories, which is historically the way that adoption has been told and, and it has been narrated and operated since the beginning of adoption, not just international or intercountry adoption, but adoption domestically, the forced removal and displacement of indigenous children, of enslaved black children. Um, that's just how it is. It's told through the lens of the guardian, of the adoptive parent, or the people facilitating that adoption. And it just feels like this is another one of those situations, not in like the not in the like deliberately harmful ways that indigenous erasure, black erasure through the removal, forced removal of their children was and is. It's simply that. When we think about our wider diaspora that we're a part of, specifically Asian adoptees, the wider Asian diaspora. It feels like this was a huge missed opportunity for us to be able to be in those spaces, whether it is just one. Like we have to be able to make these steps forward in order to appropriately and mindfully be able to tell these stories. And again, I haven't seen the film, so grains of salt with everything that I share. And according to Dr. McKee, she says that it moves the needle forward for our community. And that's great. I love that. I'm excited about that. And that makes me want to see the film to be able to have a little bit more informed opinion on, on everything that I've been sharing about it, I guess. And I still am very adamant that we needed to be in those spaces. And something that she names in her post is that all of this marketing around the film coming out, there have not been adoptees or adoptee advocacy groups who have been interviewed, who have been talked to about this movie to be able to share their opinions from their lived experience on, Hey, how was that portrayal? How did that come out um, for you? How were you affected by this? We haven't heard that or seen that we have to actively go to these things or hope that we have the privilege to be invited to go see in order to form that prior to the movie coming out. And we shouldn't have to, Okay, I say we shouldn't have to demand that opportunity. And I do realize that historically marginalized groups have to demand those things. It just feels like it just sucks that we have to demand it from our own broader diaspora. And that's one of the problems. And I don't blame anybody specifically for that happening. You know, I understand the systemic issues at play here to get a movie like this made. I understand that there are barriers to big budget studios in Hollywood being willing to put their money behind something like this. I get that. And I don't want this film to fail. I want it to succeed because for the broader diaspora, it is important. It is important that we see this type of representation on screen. So that way we can continue to make movies like this. And if it succeeds, we have more opportunities, even for the adoptee community to go ahead and make films like this, to have a better chance of getting the funding, of getting the support that we need in order to tell these stories. And I also think that we have to be mindful of why we choose to incorporate certain elements into the plot that we do. One of the best questions I think I've seen posed 
from folks in our community about this movie is, did they really need to use adoption as a plot point? Did this person need to be adopted for this film to be able to move forward and be a coherent, intelligent story? And again, haven't seen it, so I can't say. I'll be interested to share my thoughts after having seen it about whether or not that could have been the case. I've spoken with a few adoptees who feel like that wasn't the case. They didn't need to use adoption. Then I've seen other folks, other adoptees who have seen the movie and have talked about it who say that it was good. And if Dr. McKee is saying that it moves the needle forward for our community, I am inclined to believe her because at the end of the day, in our community, we have to be able to look to the folks who work in the scholarship, who have been doing the work longer than folks like myself, and who have been putting themselves out there to bring nuance and balance to this dominant narrative that we find ourselves operating under. And so it's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. And I guess at the top of this, I said I was going to talk about adoptee as an identity, and I hope all of that makes sense in that context. Because at the end of the day, again, why was adoption used as a plot point? Why is it ever used as a plot point? It's because that's the only way that it's ever been viewed within not just American or Western society, but society as a whole. Um, I would say that at the end of the day, the most important thing that we can do right now is find our way into these spaces and to bring a nuanced conversation to what it means to be an adoptee and to really solidify adoptee as an identity. I've had this conversation so much in the last six months because it's become very clear and apparent to me that being adopted and being an adoptee is not seen that way by anyone who it does not have that lived experience. And we have to do the work, unfortunately, to have people see that. And so there are things that a lot of us are working on to make that a reality. And I'm excited to see some of those things come out. I'm excited to be a part of some of the things that are being done to make that a reality. And this particular conversation is not over. It is something that I feel like is not just beginning, but is picking up a lot of steam, especially over the last few years. And so very interested to see what comes of it, excited to have conversations about Joyride and about the adoptee and adoption plot once this movie is out, once more people in the community have had a chance to see it. And I really, really hope that this movie acts as that jumping off point for us to have a better, more nuanced, more mindful conversation about the adoptee experience and the adoptee community that exists here within the broader Asian diaspora communities. And so I guess I'll, I'll leave this topic with this. If you are an adoptee and you have watched the promotional materials, the trailers that have come out for this, and you have read the interviews, done your homework on a lot of this, and you feel like this movie is not for me, I'm not going to go watch it because I don't feel seen, heard, or validated by it, that's totally okay too. Do not let anyone else, particularly within our own community, tell you that you're wrong for having formed that opinion prior. Because at the end of the day, again, this is why adoptee as identity is so important to validate. Because that shit affects us, Every day, all day, in everything that we do. 
And if your materials cause someone to be triggered or traumatized because of that, and they choose not to see the film and have that specific opinion, that's okay. Adoptees who feel like that's not okay, you're entitled to your opinion, and that's fine too. However, that's division within our own community, and we don't need that. We can still have a nuanced conversation of the film without going, you didn't see that, so you can't say. I get that that's an important part of it. However, there have been plenty of opportunities for the production to be able to provide us with not only screenings, but also opportunities to ask questions, to sit with them and have a conversation about why this happened in this particular way. But that hasn't happened. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened. And so if you can only form your opinion based on that, and that is, and what you feel because of that is, I don't want to do this. That's okay. And if other people aren't going to see you, I see you. And you have community here if you need it, when you need it. So that's what I got on that. Until the movie comes out, I probably won't say much more about it unless people bring me into the conversation, which is totally fine. Adoptee as an identity, we'll be talking about that nonstop forever. But to talk about the film more, I feel like I've said everything that I've wanted and needed to say prior to release. Once the film's out, we'll go from there and we'll see what happens. So, um, okay. <laughs> Talked about that a little bit longer than I thought I would. Uh, so let's move on to the next thing. I'm getting ready. I'm in Korea right now. When you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, clearly I'm not in Korea. I'm in my room. If you're listening to this on release day, I am in Korea, I believe. Or I'm on the plane, about to be stepping off the plane into Korea. And I'm very excited to be going back for the second time. Um, I'll have more to share on that uh, throughout the month of July. You'll be if spot, Follow me on Instagram, at Patrick in the World. Follow me on LinkedIn. I will be sharing there uh, throughout my journey. And so that'll be the best place to catch all of that. But while I am gone for what I guess is a, a vacation, this conversation does not stop. We are going to continue going, and I am really excited about what we've got coming up in July. I have three amazing guests on deck, and I'm going to share them right now. First guest is a author and lifestyle guide here in Indianapolis. Her name is Jamie Holland. We had an amazing conversation. It was really, really powerful and inspiring, and I took a lot away from it. And I'm really excited to be able to share that with you. That'll be the first conversation that comes out after this episode, the next episode, next week. Make sure you tune in for that. The following week, we'll be hearing a conversation with Darius Phelps, who is a someone I connected with on Instagram. And we just, I don't know, kindred spirits in a lot of different ways, particularly when it comes to addressing masculinity as men of color. Had a chance to meet Darius in person in New York the last time I was there at the beginning of May. And we just had a really great conversation. Literally, it was crying. I was crying there in the, during our conversation just because like it was just so vulnerable and open. And I cannot wait for y'all to be able to hear some of the work and some of the words of wisdom that Darius is going to be bringing to this conversation. He's a poet. And I just read some uh, an, an article that he's been working on. And whew, I'm feeling if it's powerful stuff. So I'm very excited about that. Then the following week after that, have a guest that I've really wanted to have a conversation with for a very long time. And we were finally able to make it happen. Caroline Sumlin is joining me to talk about her new book, 
we'll all be free. And to just go into everything around white supremacy and how it's rooted in all of our systems, but not only that, how it influences our self-worth and how we can push back on that, how we can overcome that and how we can find not only the self-worth in ourselves, but the worthiness and the identities and the humanity in our fellow people and the people within our own communities and diasporas and the people outside of those things. Caroline and I had a fantastic conversation, had some technical difficulties afterwards, but we were able to make it work. I was able to get everything good and going. And I just cannot wait for you all to, to be able to listen to that conversation as well. Um, Make sure you're following not only us on Instagram at conversation pod piece, but make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter. We're going to have a lot of announcements coming up. Caroline's book comes out the day after our episode airs. We're going to be posting about all of the pre-order stuff, all of the things that you need to be doing to follow along with that particular journey, because she's got a lot of really cool things in store for folks who pre-order the book and for folks who are around for the release as well. Very excited to be able to have that conversation. Very privileged and honored that Caroline gave. Actually, that Jamie, Darius, and Caroline gave me their time, their energy, and their wisdom and knowledge for the show. That's the whole reason I did. I started this particular podcast in the first place, Conversation Pieces. It's about those missing pieces, and we get into so many different things. And every day when I work on the show, I feel that privilege you know, on my shoulders. I feel the it's a burden of privilege, but also it is, it's exciting. It's exciting to be able to be involved in these conversations and then to be able to bring them to the world. So make sure you tune in for July because July is an incredible run of guests. And the very last episode in July will be me talking a little bit more about my trip to Korea. So make sure you tune in for that as well. Also, one last announcement before we wrap it up here. Because I will be on vacation in Korea, for the newsletters that come out on the 10th and 17th, I'll actually be having guest contributors sharing um, some of their words of wisdom within the newsletter itself. So really excited about being able to amplify and uplift and share my platform with a couple folks, a couple friends who have incredible voices, incredible things to say. So I'm really, really excited about being able to share that with you all as well. Another reason that you should subscribe to the newsletter because that's where you're going to get the most exclusive content, the newest first looks. Anything that happens with the show, you're going to know about it there first. So really excited about that too. Excited to be able to announce it here on this episode. I'm beaming. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can see me beaming. So I'm very, very, very excited about that. Okay, that's all I have on my list for right now. So that's the episode. And I'll leave you with this. I am very, very, very lucky and privileged to be able to do this. And something that Isha shared with us on her episode, she said, when it comes to the things you love and the things you want to explore, there's two things you have to keep in mind. One, you need to do it scared no matter how scared you are. The second thing is that when you know that fear is there, you have to let your love for that thing be greater than your fear, always. And I thought that was incredible, an incredible bit of wisdom, because when I started this show, I was scared. I did have a lot of fear regarding whether I could do this, whether I would be consistent enough in getting this out every week or biweekly when uh, I first started to be able to not only put a show out, but put a quality show out 
to have good conversations about things that we don't always talk about. And that fear was overcome by my love for storytelling, my passion for being able to bring nuanced conversations, not only to myself, but to everyone else who might be here joining us in the audience, in, in our listeners, our readers, whoever it might be. And that love drives me to continue to create, to continue to do this show. It's because of all of you that I feel that love, that I have that love that makes me and gives me the strength and the power and the courage to continue to overcome that fear to do this. And so I just want to thank y'all for giving me that, for giving me that energy, that, that power, that vulnerability, that permission to go off and do something like this because five years ago, I never would have done something like this. I never would have. And I would not still be doing this were not for all of you. So thank you. Whew. Okay. So if you want, get down in the show notes. You can find everything that I talked about there linked in there. All the episodes that are already dropped, a couple of the other things, the inclusion initiative, turn off the ringer, all this other stuff that we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, make sure you're following us on Instagram at conversation pod piece. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a rating or review on whatever podcast player you're listening to this on. It helps us a lot. And you can also go to the website conversation Pete. You can also go to the website conversationpeacepod.com and leave a review directly there. You can also find all of our episodes, everything there. You can also see some new stuff that's coming up there as well. Make sure you subscribe to the newsletter. You can do that at conversationpeacepod.com or by going to the link in our bio and clicking on whichever one says subscribe to the newsletter. That's where you're going to get all the new stuff. That's where you're going to see the most exclusive announcements, most exclusive content. You're going to be able to check in and see these incredible people who are contributing to the newsletter this month in July. Oh, and last but not least, if you want to support the show in any way, just hop in my DMs. Send me a message, send me an email, Patrick at PatrickInTheWorld.me, and let's have that conversation. All right, folks, I'm going to Korea. Actually, okay, I'm already here in Korea. So until next time, I am Patrick Armstrong, and this has been Conversation Peace. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>